0: Dear listener, if you press play, thank you for showing up today. Lily Grace's lifestyle has been ever-changing and evolving since episode one. We have made it to a 100 episodes without skipping a beat. This is an open letter to love and relationships, not just romantic love like you see in the movies, but self-love, deep love, inner love, love for family and friends. This is a dialogue about the definition of love in our everyday lives. We have different perspectives from people who are single, in relationships, engaged, divorced, and married, all talking about overcoming challenges, all the way to the cutest engagement stories. I have learned this year that love is a choice. Love is found within, and love is being your most authentic self, therefore attracting what is meant to be in your life. This 100th episode is an ode to living a lifestyle full of love and passing it along to others. On this Valentine's Day, I hope you can feel the love from this show flow into your life. So Hannah and Irene are on today, and I'll have you guys introduce yourselves in a second, but first of all, I just want to say this is going to be really fun because it's the 100th episode, and I really feel like love has been created between Hannah and I because we're family, but also beyond that, I feel like we're close friends and like colleagues, just so many different aspects to our relationship, and then Irene, I met her and I was like, okay, my grandmother's name was Irene, and you love Puck, so automatic loved you at first sight too, so I'm really Appreciate you guys in my life. Thank you for coming on today, and we're gonna just start spreading the love to the broader community. The more we can create love in our lives and share it, the better off the world will be. So, I would love Hannah. Do you mind just introducing yourself and sharing a little bit about what you do? I'm
1: Hannah McMahon. I'm a boudoir photographer in Dover. I've had a studio here for the past i'm gonna say a total of like nine years between the three different yeah, okay. studios right now i'm currently focusing on boudoir and women's empowerment which can really run the gamut from a like classic self-love session um right through business headshots and all of the different facets that we see in in women and their lives so if that is something related to family or if it's something related to their own journey personally or if it's intertwined with somebody else um luckily i get to see women through all of those different milestones in their lives, which is really fun. Um, But I'm currently posted up on the couch next to my girlfriend and my three dogs, at least two of them. One of them is scraggling around here somewhere. So (laughs) so you guys hear a little puppy paws in the background. That's them.
0: Love. I love that. And I've been I grew up with you, basically, and you've seen me grow up, but I've also seen you grow throughout your career and your life in general, and I think mm-hmm. I've ex- I know I've experienced a number of photo shoots with you, and just <clears throat> I've been so grateful mm-hmm. to actually do that in person, so I have to say, definitely look at Hannah's Instagram. We'll plug it at the end because it's really interesting to see your style and just what you've created and how you've created a community, so.
1: Thank you. Thanks Thank for you. sharing. I'm biased, but I like
0: what I do. Yeah, you're good at it. And then, Irene, <laughs> what else are you? other than a pug enthusiast and mushroom forager.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I love that you said that. Um, I'm Irene. I work at Harvard as a recruitment coordinator. So obviously, you know, I love pugs. I love food and I'm obsessed with music and making it. So I hope in the near future, I'll be on your podcast next talking about that. Yes.
0: Yes, for sure. So I'm so excited. Yeah, whenever you're ready, come back because we're going to spread the word about your music. I can't wait. And we have also Kat Monahan on, which I'm so excited about because she actually helped me create this idea for the show. So, hi, Kat. <laughs> so, my name's Kat. Um,
3: I'm an interior designer working at Sasaki. I also work on designing furniture as well. Um, and Yeah, I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. And yeah, so obviously today the topic is love. So the big question we're going to start off with is what is your definition of love? And before you answer, I'll give you the textbook definition so we can play off off of that. So basically the dictionary literally says on Google, it can be a noun, an intense feeling of deep affection or a great interest and pleasure in something. And then number Two, it can be a verb, the feeling of deep affection for someone or liking, enjoying something very much. So personally, I think my definition, I thought about this a long time, I think love is a choice. You can create it or you can share it. Love is in the little moments like making someone smile or smiling to someone or a kind letter or or thinking of you text. So if you guys want to jump in, like Kat, how would you define love in your life?
3: In a way, I have so many different definitions of it are so many different ways that I could express love, whether it's in a relationship or a friendship or somebody in your family, but there's always one thing that I feel like ties all of that together, and that's just a bond that you have, a connection that you have. There's something that's so deeply rooted in mm-hmm. your bond and your connection that creates this love and this understanding and compassion that you have for someone else.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. And honestly, since I met you, I feel like your aura is just love. (laughs) I just feel it. So you're very, you emulate that, which is amazing.
2: I would say that for me right now, I mean, it always changes, but I would say it's the feeling of being understood The feeling of being cherished and um, dedication as well. Oh, I love that. I just want to feel like even if we're not the same, you understand why I am the way that I am and you accept me as I am.
0: Mm. And that's like all
2: I ask, really.
0: I love that. See, you're so good at this. (laughs) And Hannah, too. I totally
3: agree with that. That's spot on, too.
0: Yeah. Love the Taurus energy from Irene. (laughs) And then Hannah, what about (laughs) you? (laughs)
1: It's interesting to hear everybody else um, and how they would describe it, because I think I have been through many different stages of my life, both romantically and then within um, kind of the container of, of both friendships and familial relationships where I would describe love in all of those ways. But I think currently, especially showing up in my romantic relationship, one of the things that I see often is this commitment to choosing that person yeah even when they're having a bad day or especially when I'm having a bad day I'm certainly no peach but this this understanding that even even and especially when things get hard or things are maybe not like the the rosy peachy parts of um that relationship is that you continue to choose each other
0: I love that yeah choice and just acceptance and all those words are really positive which I love and I think too we think love and we automatically think romance and I think that's almost maybe a big misconception about love thanks to Disney and just reality tv and just all the things that we've grown up with with culture but I have to say I do think that love is internal too like you can have self love which i know is a big topic nowadays which is probably a good thing thanks to the pandemic but how would you say that you have taken those misconceptions about love and flipped that on its side
1: i guess i'll actually start with that one because that's basically what i do for a living is to cultivate self love yes. um but i think that comes exactly back to what i was just saying is is it's the biggest form of love is that you can choose yourself um especially when it's hard to choose yourself. I think there are so many opportunities both in our like mundane day-to-day life if it's how we're treating our physical body or how we're looking at our physical body or our relationship with our self-image or our self-worth and Mm -hmm. then constantly showing up for yourself even when it's difficult and even when somebody else disagrees with you or you're having a crap day or you feel like you don't have that self-worth just to be able to step outside of that and continue to choose yourself, I think is, is one of the most ultimate and probably radical forms of self-love.
0: Oh, I love that. And th- you are in the realm of self-love when it comes to your boudoir photography and empowerment Absolutely. for women, which is like incredible. And then actually everyone here on this call is like works in the field of love. Like Kat, you're making beautiful <laughs> spaces. Irene, your your music is creating love in people's lives by listening to it. And just like all these things are creating positive energy, which is amazing. And okay, Kat, I want you to start if you don't mind. So, these ladies, if they listen to your show prior, have heard how you and Neil, who, who you guys have been together since you're like early 20s. So, for 10 years, now you're engaged, which is so cute. So, can you tell us, please, the story of your engagement? Because if people go back a few episodes, they can listen to how you guys met, which is so cute at Six Flags. I'll jump to that. But then, can you tell us about the engagement and just how that love story flourished after that?
3: Neil yeah, and I got engaged. In 2021, in September, we were traveling to Copenhagen, and Neil and I had always wanted to go to Copenhagen, and so there was something really special about this trip for us because we had talked about going for so long, Mm -hmm. and little did I know, he had been planning an engagement the entire time. And he was carrying the ring around in this <laughs> heavy, like, 10-pound solid wood box that he hand-carved when he was in undergraduate school years ago. Mm-hmm. And he was carrying it with him for days. And then finally, he was like, okay, this is the spot. And he's like, let's um, let's set up and let's take a picture. So he took out the camera that he had just bought. He's getting a little suspicious. And... Mm-hmm. And then um, he's like, let's take some pictures. And, oh, actually, I want to give you something. And then, and then he proposes. So cute. And it was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it was so cute. It was so sweet honestly
0: I feel like I blacked out <laughs> <laughs> that's what most people say but I just wanted you to share that because you guys if people know you are the sweetest couple ever and it was so funny because right before Amy and I got on the plane to go to Copenhagen because you guys went a little bit earlier we get a call from Emma Amy's daughter and she's like did you see that Cat and Neil got engaged and I look at Instagram and immediately is this like ring this cool vintage sunburst ring if you want to show it um but it's like to die for and we're like oh my god so the trip was already made before we even got there which is great and i just love love stories and it's just so cute you guys have been together since you were basically like very young adults into this new phase. family yeah, planning a
3: wedding right now for next year
0: yeah so lots of fun things
3: to come but i don't know it's just when you find when you find your person i feel like you know and that's part of the definition of love for me in the in a romantic sense. Is yes. It takes work and it takes effort. But when you know, you know.
0: I love that. So cute. What is the best way someone has shown you love in your life and it doesn't have to be romantic it could be a mom or a sibling or a dog I know Irene and I are obsessed with our pugs and I know you grew up with one too so I mean in my life I feel like when I was growing up my dog showed me a lot of love I was lucky that my parents did and my sibling um, Molly but yeah I feel like love can be created by so many different people or things in our life
1: when Melissa and I first started dating, I I have like pretty crippling anxiety at baseline, which unfortunately is just part of my daily life. And learning to live with that certainly has been tough in the last couple of years. Um, but there were several times at the beginning of our relationship that I really was struggling with other issues that really aren't pertinent to this conversation entirely. But um, those were manifesting as like really, really terribly intense anxiety and panic attacks and it was just it was a, a huge struggle and I remember there was um one night where it was particularly bad and I just absolutely lost it. And I remember mm-hmm. thinking this girl's gonna think I'm nuts. She's gonna leave me. Like she's not gonna wanna be around somebody that like deals with this much crippling anxiety. Um and it was just I mean, I'm also having a terrible anxiety day right now and she quite literally just posted up next to me and told me Aww. she'd hold my hand while we're recording this. Aww. But um, I remember back over a year ago at this point, it just she just showed up for me. And it was this wild understanding that was just she wasn't going anywhere. And I remember the next day she sent me a song, which is now the first or second song on a playlist that the two of us have cultivated over the last year yeah she's shaking her head now but um but it became it became this playlist that we then created back and forth that had all these different songs that either were really grounding for one or both of us or really meant a lot between the two of us but but definitely that was a big moment I think for me and, and one of the ways I felt most intensely loved in that moment
0: oh well thank you for opening up and sharing that and thank you for showing up for me because I feel the love and I feel the love from Melissa through you to me because basically I've met you guys and seen you guys together and it's cute it's like puppy love it's like cat and Neil it's like so adorable and gives me hope in the world that there is still good people out there and that you mm. guys are just killing it as a team and like you cat and Neil too and I I know it takes work but like that is Lovely. Thank you for sharing and opening up to all of us. I appreciate well, it. I
1: definitely went through a lot of rotten eggs before I found.
0: We all did. <laughs> I my... and Hannah, I feel
3: like you have just opened the gates, but I I can totally relate to that as well. Um, I, part of the reason that my relationship before I had met Neil ended was because I had been so closed off because I mm-hmm. didn't feel like I was going to be accepted in their relationship. hmm And so I remember so vividly, Neil and I sitting on our first date, we went to a little coffee shop that still exists in my neighborhood. We sat at a booth. I was so anxious. I got a coffee and I was like, oh, let's, let's, uh, let's get a croissant. So we just like split a croissant. And I just was so anxious the entire time because I knew that if I wanted this to be something positive, I needed to be upfront and then communicate and be honest right then and there. Mm -hmm. And so I I opened up to him and I said, I have I have uh depression and anxiety and it's been really, really difficult for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm having a day today as well.
1: (laughs) There is something in the air. (laughs) So I feel yeah. Um not me literally sitting here with an ice pack on my chest trying to calm my nerves. (laughs) I feel that I get that. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I just, I, I sat down at my first date with Neil and I said, I have really bad depression and anxiety. And I wanted to be open about that because it's something that I'm struggling with right now. And it's mm. something that I need somebody that I'm going to have a future with to be able to accept that. Yeah. And that. he said, he was just like, well, that would never make me think of you differently or love you differently or love you less. He's just like, how can I be there for you? Mm-hmm you do to help you through this yeah and he just wanted to be a part of it and that was something that made me feel so seen for the first time in my life that I was like yeah. this is something so special to me right now wow and he's just he's continued to show up for me time and time again in my life that's amazing
0: oh my gosh when my
3: my dad got diagnosed with cancer he was at the hospital with me every single day for a month. He took time off of work. Wow. He completely prioritized me and my family and was there every step of the way. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is something that is so deeply rooted in love is when you're that dedicated to a person. hmm that you can be there for them regardless of the situation regardless of if you're having a bad day if you're having a great day they just want to be there for you through all yeah. of it and that's been such a beautiful experience for me and it's translated in so many other ways in my life
0: mm.
3: and in in friendships too just having so much love for somebody that you can so openly communicate with them mm. One of my friends, just the other day, she was able to tell me that something that I did hurt her and I had no idea. And I was like, oh my goodness, let me do whatever I can to make you not be upset right now. And that was the true definition of love and a friendship for me was just her being that honest with me that she wanted to work through things together.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: That's so true. Wow. That's beautiful. Thank you both for sharing. And I'm so glad we made this connection because actually Hannah and Kat, like, I do feel like you both have similar stories and like, it's just so cool to have these moments (laughs) in life. And even though, though we're on zoom, I feel like I can feel your energy right now. That's so interesting about the friendship thing as well because i feel like love is not only beautiful and this intense feeling of positivity it can also be the opposite where it's like you need to be open and honest and raw with people and sometimes that doesn't feel the best but being transparent and honesty is everything <laughs> whether it be friendships relationships family members it's so true there's there's like a whole spectrum to it When it comes to learning in love, what would you say is the biggest thing you've learned throughout your experience in your life when it comes to love? Like, if you had to wrap it up in a sentence or a word, I would say maybe for me, it would be to I mean, recently I've learned to not settle. And I think in any type of relationship, I need to really stick true to who I am as a person and not hide behind a curtain or just hide certain parts of myself because I'm really type A or I'm really this or really that. Because like you said, like if someone truly loves you, they're going to fully accept who you are.
2: I think for me, I sort of just came up with this phrase. It's look for gold, don't mold, as in find exactly what you're looking for and don't like find this project of a person and try to mold them into what you think that they should be this perfect person that you have in your head. Like when I find someone, I want to feel like I love them for them and not like I'm trying to build them into this person. Um, And I would hope the same for whoever finds me and loves me. Like, I don't want anybody to try and change me. And um, Mm. anytime like I meet someone and I find something about them that I'm just like, I just cannot get over this. Like, I just leave them alone. I'd rather you go live your best life Go find a girl that loves you for you and I will leave you alone.
0: Yeah. No, honestly, thank you that for that. I love that. Find gold, don't mold. You could turn that into a song too. It's just so true. And I think you, especially, like when we talk about men and just relationships as friends, like you are so good at that. You are so good at being like, okay, this person's not for me and just walking away. And that's hard to do, but I really appreciate your rawness and realness when it comes to dating.
1: It's interesting that you guys phrase it in that way because I almost take that sentiment and kind of want to flip it on its head Mm -hmm. Um, not in the fact that I think you should bend to somebody else or change who you are fundamentally to be with somebody else but um, being now 31 and having gone through a lot of not failed relationships, but relationships that, that ultimately did not end up serving either of us um, and having now moved on to a relationship that I really love. And I feel very supported. And I do think there's a huge component of being willing to grow with your person and
0: mm.
1: being open to making changes so that the relationship does work better. And I, I don't mean changing who you are, but I do mean if your partner is coming to you and saying, like this type of communication style is really stressing me out or mm-hmm. not working in a way that makes me feel heard or supported, then I think it's a, a choice between you and your partner if you're going to actually change those behaviors. And I I definitely think that was something that I did not have in previous relationships. And a huge component of why some of them didn't work out is because people would or the people that I were, was dating at the time would say, you know, this is a big issue for me. And in that time frame, I would think, well, this is just who I am. Like, I'm not going to change that. But mm-hmm. ultimately like maybe if I had been able to change the way I was communicating with people, or maybe if I had been able to change how I thought about the language I was using or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it had you be it something big or small, like, maybe things with panned out differently. Do I want them to have panned out differently? No, because I really like my person right now. She's sitting next to me. Yes. Um. But I I do think part of being in a committed relationship is being committed to the relationship. And I think you have to have that as a separate factor than just being committed to your person, because being mm-hmm. committed to your person is one thing, but being committed to Having a relationship that works for you and your partner is a whole nother ballgame. So I think being open to being open to being wrong sometimes is really yeah. helpful because if, if I just came at everything and said, no, I'm right about this, I'm right about this, I'm right about this, like right. both of us would be left hurt a lot.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so I think being open to change in a way that makes both people feel seen and hurt is really important.
0: Yeah. Thank you for bringing that point up. And what I'm hearing too is like compromise, but also self-awareness is important. Yeah,
1: (laughs) self-awareness I would say is a
0: great way to put that. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I love all the perspective. Thank you. Are there any hilarious stories that we want to share of like dates or like your significant other or just like something funny that has stuck with you throughout your life when it came to love?
2: So there was a time where a guy slid into my DMs on IG And, like, he just made it seem like he wanted to be friends. And I was down, too. He was from Boston. And um, we planned a day to hang out. And honestly, he didn't give me, like, creepy vibes. He just gave me bestie vibes. Like, I was like, no, this dude is just so, like, he just gives me, like, such childish vibes that I couldn't even envision him (laughs) being a boyfriend to me. Like, no. Yeah. Definitely visually attractive, but everything else was missing. So a couple months later, I get a DM on IG and this girl is like, wow, you and and -and so-and-so, you and Bob make such a great couple. And I was like, I'm not dating Bob. That's my (laughs) friend. And she stole all of my pictures on IG and she made an account to message him to see if I would answer and come to find out the guy confesses to me. That he told everybody that I was his ex-girlfriend, and his ex was trying to like find me and oh attack me God. and just like take down my account, which was so crazy. The things that girls do when they're jealous—it's
0: so true. But
2: um, I see,
0: and then you yeah. turned into a pug, so <laughs> then I turned into a pug and I was happier than ever. Okay, good, good, good. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. How are you going to create more love in your daily lifestyle? So I can start. So basically after going through last year and being overwhelmed, I am creating love by saying no. And I I know I talked to Irene about this a little bit before, but I feel like last year I said yes to a lot of things that I actually didn't want to say yes to in my personal life, especially. This year I'm really gonna be intentionally saying yes and practicing saying no. No can be a full sentence. You don't have to explain yourself. You don't have to do something you don't wanna do, just to look better, to make the person feel good, or something like that. So I really am going to practice that, and I think that's how I'm going to work on my self-love this year and just focus on me.
1: We love a woman with boundaries, Hell yeah! Thank you. We are living for that. Um, I would say in my day-to-day life, I would probably lead with more intentionality than I have in a past. Um, I think that was one of the things that when – actually, when Melissa and I started dating – it It came up a lot that I wanted things to be intentional. I didn't want to. I remember having a conversation about not wanting to, like, quote, unquote, fall in love. Like, I really wanted to grow in love. And I think that's been a major theme throughout our relationship is things feel intentional. They're not on accident. And I like that a lot. But that definitely would be one theme that I would love to carry through 2023 with me.
2: I love that. I completely agree with you, Hannah, on the whole intentional living. Um, For me, I think, though, I want to be a lot more intentional with my own time, and I want to be much more selfish with the time that I give to others, because I feel like once I invest in myself, I can be the best person um, that I can be, and then I can just spread love much more easily. When I'm living day-to-day life, just going with the flow and not really paying attention, it sort of makes me less present. And I think when I'm less present, I am less present for everyone. So I really like what you said about that.
0: Love that. I like the word intentional. I think that's kind of what I was getting at.
3: I feel like I I want to intentionally also work on self-love a lot this year um, and a lot of different ways too, both by just continuing to be vulnerable with myself and with other people and I feel like I'm really great at giving love, but not always receiving love. And I feel like that's something that I really want to work on,
2: mm. both
3: with being able to give and receive my own self-love, but being able to receive more love from other people and and kind of continue the, the cycle. Um, I feel like in order to really be able to give love, you have to first fill your own cup. Mm. and really love yourself truly to be able to give that love to somebody else. And that's something that I really want to continue to live by as well.
0: Thank you so much, everyone, for your time and just your intention and for being here and for showing up for me because I really appreciate all of you for many different reasons. And I invited you because you showed so much love in my life and bring such an amazing energy to the world and i wanted to spread that even further with this 100th
3: episode
0: i can't believe it's already episode 100 it's crazy i've known Cat and don since episode one i think so you guys have been throughout this journey. You've been on the show. You've known guests of the show. Dawn actually took the photo of my podcast cover. So it was just a journey for all of us. If you want to start by introducing yourself, Dawn, and just then telling us what your definition of love is.
4: So Dawn Gagey, I am a marketing maven, is how I call it, marketing like consultant, that. helping women own small businesses, help elevate their brand. In their overall marketing strategy. And I'm also um, on my 20th year of being a professional photographer, specializing in um, women, children, families, and pets. Primarily women's empowerment photography is my my genre of choice. I love that. But I also do a lot of like corporate headshots and personal branding, like I have done for you, Lily Grace. Yes, thank you. And um, yeah, so my definition of love has probably evolved somewhat over the years based on my personal history. Um, I had a, I had a first marriage that didn't make it after a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Um, and despite being able to try and do all the things to fix it, I describe it like what happens when a mirror breaks and shatters into all the pieces. It's basically irrevocably, irretrievably broken. You can't really put it back together again and have it be uh, functional. So I got divorced about six years ago. And after lots of trial and error in the dating world and the online dating world, I actually um, met my now husband, Brian, at an event where I was working. I was had no intentions of meeting somebody, I was had like professional hat on and yep. I was photographing yep. um, law enforcement dogs um, in the middle of nowhere, like Kansas City, Missouri. I had been <laughs> um, hired to do this event and documented over a couple of days. And my um, husband, Brian was one of the instructors for, um, he's a dog psychologist, dog trainer for the last 30 years, former Marine um, scout sniper, special forces and also former uh, sheriff's department police officer. So my definition of love changed pretty dramatically when I met him. He has been the first man in my life to really show me unconditional love. Like he will show up and what we call stand in the gap um, when it's needed, not just for me, but for my children. I have two daughters, identical twin girls. Who are 16 and now fully licensed as of last weekend. Wow. Which is terrifying. Crazy. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, he he shows up for them in amazing ways and they love him, which is great. So, my definition of love is being with somebody where you can fully show up as yourself and be accepted and embraced and um, never left behind. Mm. which is one of the Marine sayings, you know, no man left behind. And my husband has exhibited that for us, for my daughters. And he's even received um, a medal from President Clinton for not leaving one of his um, teammates behind who ended up passing away, who got shot. And my husband ran in there and, uh, and literally ran into a hail of bullets and yeah. dragged this guy out of there when none of the members of his team would go in. And uh, Clinton gave him a medal for that. So he knows how to show up and it's, he's consistent about it. And he's allowed me to be the next best version of myself. And I have helped him through like his PTSD, which was the result of this incident um, that I just mentioned. And we do it for each other. So I think in love, you have to be or want to accept being able to show up for each other in all the ways and have it bring you to a level of intimacy that's just not. Not the norm in other relationships. It's really being seen and heard and accepted. Um, yeah, he's he's a special guy.
0: Uh, every time you tell me that story about him saving his comrade is like crazy to me and gives me chills and just like your story I've seen you guys work together be together so cute (laughs) very adorable just like Kat and Neil her um (laughs) now fiance but I'm just like oh my gosh love is so real in those relationships and it's, it's like there's hope and it's it's there you just see it and i'm i like how you said that your definition of love has changed so thank you for sharing yeah
4: you're welcome thank you for asking
0: (laughs) yeah and i'm so happy because i feel loved by both of you and i appreciate both of you so much in my life and i want to then share that love with people who are listening so hopefully they can feel that as we speak Mm -hmm. i definitely can And what, Don do you think is the biggest misconception about love? Like what in media or exterior factors or like pressures when it comes to misconceptions on love?
4: Yeah. I think it's like the race to love. And if you don't have it with someone else that you don't have it. And you've been speaking to this in your post, like the self-love thing has to come first. Yes. And man, is it hard for a lot of us women? I don't, I can't say it's hard for every woman because some women have it nailed and I just am like, (laughs) huh. if I could just, (laughs) can you bottle that stuff and give it away? Um, Yeah. (laughs) yeah. So the self-love thing took me a long time to learn. I think that that isn't present enough in what, what's being pushed on us in the, all the arenas right now, except that we all have to try and step up like you're doing Lily Grace and I'm doing through my portrait to work is that it? It you don't have to be given permission from someone outside yourself to love yourself first. Like you might need a nudge and a reminder from the wonderful people around you that aren't like toxic or aren't, you know, in their own negative space, and they're pushing it out to you. But self-love definitely comes first. I specifically remember before I met Brian, like I got to this point where I had written down a list of all the things that I knew I wanted in a relationship with someone else, but I hadn't really looked inward. So before I... Before I met him, I had actually gotten out of another dating relationship, which wasn't super healthy. And I realized it and and immediately like recognized that and was like, not for me. And Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to try and fix it. And I wasn't going to try and wrangle it. And I wasn't going to try and turn myself inside out to make it work. I was who I was. And this other person was who he was. And I was like, just now we're done. Like, I'm not, we're truce and, you know, we'll go our separate ways. And I kind of just let it sit on the ground. And I realized, like, I am okay with me. I can do this by myself. I would love to have a partner in life. I wasn't planning to get remarried again. In fact, the polar opposite of that was <laughs> the case. Like, I'm never doing this again. And that's when I met Brian. Yeah. Like, it was literally like the surrender of, I know what I want. Yeah. I've learned what I don't want. I've survived the hard things. I need, I know I can show up for myself. Yeah. And if someone would like to join me on this journey forward, that's fine. But I knew that I had to really do the inside work. And I think you've mentioned that too in one of your recent posts. Like, you got to work from the inside out. Inside out, yeah. And it's hard. Like, and there's not a lot of people, it depends on your circle of friends, like who's reinforcing that message. Like, cause you can have women or anyone telling you otherwise. And then you have women show up and they're like, no, this is about you first. Like, Mm -hmm. let's do like, let me share with you where I think you need to do some of the inside work and how I can help. And I'm here. And if you're going to be down on your knees and you're not, you're having a moment, like let's sit in that moment. And then, you know, it's time to move on. Like give you the space to give each other the space to feel that mess. And then you know, encourage one another to go forward and remind you like why you're so amazing. And Mm -hmm. Lily Grace, you and I have talked about this like in with some of your your relationships. You know, I remember sitting and listening to you like she just needs to know how fabulous she is on the inside. Like you have all these amazing strengths and you're honestly beautiful from the inside out. But it takes time to discover that. So reflecting that back to you is what I think women need to do for each other first in their messaging Mm -hmm. and then the men can step up when they want to but I wouldn't rely solely on the men to do that there are some that are just phenomenal and then there are some that are just lost in their own stuff so we can't seek that from anyone outside of ourselves it has to come from a knowing like you need to do the inside work B, making sure you have the right people around you to support that and reinforce that but not to like just blow you know Shade, cast Mm. shade. You just want, you want authentic people around you and then lean into them and learn from them. Like, I've learned a lot from you. I'm almost 50 and I'm still learning about like self love. And I think that your generation has so much pressure on them. And (laughs) I guess at the end of the day, like, I would say do the inside work first and then stop listening to the stuff that's not resonating with you. Shut it off, unfriend, block. And then also know like you have time. Yes. <laughs> you have plenty of time. I was thinking about your birthday Thank and I'm you. like, she's only 24. <laughs> I'm dead. Like, Thank you. Girl, for everything. I was able, yeah. I mean, if I'm able to survive a pretty bad divorce at I think I was just turning 40 and find love again. I know. You're good no yeah it's all
0: good no yeah thank you so much for all of that i like how you're mentioning work from the inside out and what where you said you were at before you met brian i feel like that's where i'm at i like just got something and i'm like nope that's good like i'm goodbye like i'm moving on i'm learning to be the things that i want in a relationship like what you said make a list but then become that and i think that's really important and creating the love for myself in my life is so important and for people who are are listening, if you are feeling stuck, or you're just in a bad place, mm-hmm. or even if you're in a good place, it's an everyday effort in order to find that self-love. And I mm-hmm. like how you mentioned too that love seems like a race. Like it just seems like people mm-hmm. around me—they're getting married, they're getting engaged at younger than me. They're having kids, and I'm like, whoa! Like it does seem like a race, but it's not. <laughs> it can be found it's not
4: whenever. <laughs> if I can share one thing from my, my age and coming up on 50, and I'm almost, I'm going to be a grandparent in June, dear Lord. Um, wow. That, that race is like deceiving. So I had my first marriage, just to give you guys some insight, literally was on a wedding story on TLC. I did, And you probably are too young to remember this, but like, it's a documentary crew follows you. TLC was a a station on cable Yeah, and they had a wedding story and a baby story and like all this stuff. And I had that, I had what would have been perceived as everything. And it still wasn't happy because there was still a lot off kilter. Like Mm -hmm. I literally had the sound guy. I was mic'd. My garter belt for my wedding was a mic. And it was fed up through my wedding dress. I and I, right, before I, I, right before I walked down the aisle, the sound guy comes over and he's like, I think you really need to sit down. Do you need some water? He's like, your heart sounds like it's about to jump out of your chest, like not in a good way. And part of that was because my mom tied my corset too tight. Like I had a corset <laughs> top dress by, um, who is my designer? I think it was Monique hulier or something, whatever. And the other part was like, I really didn't want to marry this man. Like oh. I knew it, I knew something was wrong and I ignored it, but I felt that push, the rush of time, the pressure, like that's what everybody else was doing. Yeah. And you know what, at the end of the day, you have to sit with yourself in these situations. Like, and I would gather to say, just a guess <laughs> that if you talk with your friends who are now like married or just having kids and you sit with them on their hardest day it's a grass is greener thing. You would probably hear like, I wish I had, you know, I was untethered and I had a little more freedom in my choices and I could go travel to Denmark or like Kat could go like off to New York and just do this thing. And and it's a grass is greener thing, but it's really hard when you're in those situations, like you're trying to beat the clock, the proverb, like whatever this imaginary clock is and you're in the spot and you you're there and you're like, I'm really not sure that this was really what I wanted. Yeah. I needed more, a little more time to discover myself, to do the things. Mm. So I just want you ladies that are younger to be mindful that I have been there. I've had those conversations with my friends. I've had, you know, those, those people don't always like they're on now. Now my generation are on marriage two, marriage three, not judging, but it's like, we're going to learn how to figure this stuff out. But It's not up to everybody else to decide the clock.
0: Totally. It's it's
4: up to you. And I I think there's this fear of missing out syndrome out in the world, especially with social media, that like you have the perfect house with the perfect kids and like, (laughs) and you're an influencer and you're driving a Mercedes when you're 25. Like, yeah, good for you. (laughs) But it doesn't have to be for me. Like that doesn't make me whole. Yeah. That's not how like there is no end point it's Mm -hmm. not a race yes like this is an infinite game as Simon Sinek would say this is you got to do your own time and your own pace and your own speed about and if you do the internal work what you're talking about you're gonna enjoy every moment of when the thing happens that you're striving for and just knowing that you're going to iterate and evolve over time and love does change so for the people who are getting married now like you're gonna evolve like you're human yeah. and you're the next best version of yourself may not be the next best version of your spouse's self mm. or a fit. So like take your time, yeah, evolve, you know, enjoy all of the relationships that you're in. They don't have to be like end goal marriage kids. It can be right let's just travel the world for the next you know ten years and evolve and grow and, enjoy that intimacy and beauty that comes with it. And if you guys decide to get married, get married. If yeah. you don't, then don't. <laughs> and I have a
0: question, follow-up question. Do you wish you had a friend who, or someone in your life at that point that was like, look, I don't think this is good for you because personally, I feel like I have a few people in my life that I'm like, I see their relationship and I'm not one to judge or like being negative, but I'm oh, like, nice. whoa, I don't know if this is like gonna go so well.
4: <laughs> yeah, I think, there's two answers to that question. One is to remind yourself that what you're observing, just like on social media may be real or mm-hmm. truth and may not be truth. So when when you recognize that and, it, and your instincts are good, Lily Grace, like you're a good friend. So like you want to come in and maybe give some feedback and share like, the Chris boss approach we've talked about before. <laughs> yeah. It seems like it sounds like it feels like start with that, like and label what you you're seeing. So it seems like you're not really as happy when your spouse behaves this way or says these things to you. Is that true? Tell me more about that. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. it can be like, oh, you know, you just woke up on the wrong side of the yeah, bed yeah. or, you know, I have noticed like it's happening a lot and I don't know what to do. Yeah. And like, tell me more. Describe how that feels when you don't know what to do. Let them tell themselves the answer. Right. And be there to support. Yeah. The second part is, yes. I have many friends now who are like, not fans of my first husband and not fans of the what they saw being displayed in moments and days. And some of them called him out. Some Mm -hmm. of them went right up to him and approached him and was like, you can't talk to her like that. What you're doing is wrong. You need to step down. And that to me was telling, but my friends weren't going to be able to get me out of that. Like totally. it was still up to me. Yes. I wish they had been more forthright now. When I hear that, I'm like, oh my God. Okay. So I wasn't imagining this. Right. I'm not crazy. You're not crazy. Like, I get that. It yeah. Was true. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think but here's the thing, those conversations go both ways. Like you could have somebody who really wants to share what they're seeing in a truthful way. But if you're say, so here's a, let's run a scenario here, hypothetical from my law school days. You have a friend who's always on social media, like influencer, like needs to portray that everything is like amazing and beautiful. And she has this perfect relationship and blah, 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 blah and you need to, and you feel compelled to step in and, and reflect back to her, like this, it seems like something's just a little bit not aligned with what you're sharing on social media. And I know it's really important for you to look that way is, is that truth? Or is it like, are you doing okay? Or tell me more about when I saw this thing that happened when we went out to dinner, the four of us the other night, and I saw this and it was kind of, not aligned with what you're portraying and I know you're on social media or I know it's really important for you or it's like a place like where they're generating income just give them a safe space to reveal that truth mm. because there is this other added pressure like when I was in my first marriage I didn't have that like we had Facebook but no one was right. like on that influencer train and it wasn't like you know or to be honest, Lily Grace, like I had people a year after my divorce who didn't know we got divorced because we had young children in a school system in a small town. And we had agreed him and I like we were not going to reveal any dirty laundry on in the public because I was very, a very prominent photographer in this town. Totally. We didn't want little the kids coming up to my kids like there's so many dynamics around that. So just creating a safe space to share what's going on and say like I love you as my friend I Mm -hmm. want you to feel safe telling me these things what you're about to share with me I will keep sacred between the two of us but something really seems off I'm here to listen anytime I'm not going to solve your problem but it seems like you really need like an ally in this yeah part of your journey
0: I like that. And I feel like when I was in a couple of relationships, my mom was that person kind of telling me, Try, trying to be my inner voice, she said. And uh, when you're in it, you don't really listen or you listen, but you don't right. want to listen. You don't want to have the. Re- so I've been on both sides of it. So you're right. It's at the end of the day, mm-hmm. it's up to you. It's up to the people in the relationship to make a decision whether to stay or go. So and Kat, do you have any comments or anything to add on to this?
3: So I've I've been in this experience before where one of my best friends was in a relationship that I really, really saw as being very toxic to her. Mm -hmm. I just could see the life draining out of her every additional day that they were together and it broke my heart. Mm -hmm. So I had to be completely honest with her. I had to tell her, I really don't think this relationship is serving you anymore. Here's Mm -hmm. why. I was just so open and honest with her, put everything out on the table. I said, Mm -hmm. I'm here for you. I understand what you're feeling. Just let yourself realize that you have so many people in your life that love and care for you that if you're falling back on this person because that's what you want is to be loved and cared for, you don't need them. You have so many other people in your life Mm -hmm. that love and care for you genuinely relationship for a good couple of years and I just I was open and honest with her the whole time and I told her you know he did this and I don't think that that reflects who you are totally. and he did this and I feel like that really hurt you but you haven't maybe processed it yet because mm-hmm. you're in the relationship and it's difficult to see that outside of you know unless someone comes forward and tells you totally so I just you know and there were so many different reasons why I felt the relationship was toxic like one of the big red flags for me was that he didn't seem invested in wanting to get to know her friends and her family and really being Mm -hmm. like a kind part of her life Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so I told her that and I was like I want to be best friends with your partner." Whoever they end up being, I want to be in your life with both of you. And I didn't feel like he was integrating. I didn't feel like he was committed or really taking the time and effort that she deserved in her life. Mm-hmm. And so eventually, she ended things, and she was so much better for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's been well since then, and her relationships have been much healthier and. and She's on a positive, you know, a positive path now, but it took, it took some time for her to realize that she really deserved a good person that was good for her and treated her well. Mm -hmm. And I feel like back to what we were talking about earlier, where I feel like the first step really is finding that self-love for yourself, because you have to really love yourself and be connected with yourself in order to let another person in, whether it's a friend or a partner. Yep. I feel... Mm -hmm. to really first be super stable with yourself to be able to fully give yourself to someone else
0: Mm. Mm -hmm. i love that thank you for sharing and it's interesting too because you both mentioned having people who love you all around you your family your friends your colleagues everyone Because it's not just love from a direct romantic relationship, it's the love that you create with everyone else around you that's so important. And like us three are in three different points in relationships, married, going to be married, single. So it's just like so great to hear that because when I was in bad situations, I was like, okay, I'm going to be okay. I love my job. I love my friends. I love my family. I have a baseline. So it's really important, I feel like, to not only find true love and healthy love with a romantic partner, but in your everyday relationships and like what you're saying with your best friend and just being really raw and real mm-hmm. with people, because those are the people that are really going to help pick you up when you're down.
4: <laughs> Kat, I love what you said. I think that there's so much grace in sharing with your friend that she's was loved no matter what outside mm-hmm. of her romantic relationship. But I
3: think you can get love from anyone, even from a mm-hmm. complete stranger honestly.
4: Yeah. Yeah. You know what's interesting so- too about that is like my daughters, so one daughter's in her first relationship and she's she's let us know she's gay and she just oh my god, she, you know, you just watch them open up and go through this this first love. Oh. And then the other ones like when's my boyfriend gonna show up where is oh. he it, it reminded me of um charlotte in sex in the city yep. yep um remember that scene she's like where is he um and i think i i need to have that same conversation with her because she has the greatest friends like my one daughter and it's so amazing with twins like they're literally identical mirror twins so yeah. one's right handed and one's yeah. left handed but there are. they're personalities and then they're, everything else is like yin yang polar mm-hmm. opposites and this girl like I wish I had the strength of my this my daughter her name's Ainsley like she takes no shit and Love she it. stands her ground and she's the one who's like but mommy like where's my boyfriend I'm like <laughs> okay so let's look at and I'm gonna remind her I think our next conversation thanks to you Kat like you have the most amazing friendships and God knows she has plenty of time and the right person will show up when you're ready because you'll be ready yep. and teaching her that. And um, that was such just like a fabulous reminder, Kat. Thank you for that. Now I know yeah. how to talk to my teenage daughter on the next occasion.
0: That's <laughs> <See her>. amazing.
3: <laughs> I totally agree that like there's this, this invisible timeline that everyone thinks that they need to follow and you need to fall in love in your twenties and get married in your thirties. And mm. that's not at all. Like yeah. I was in a really, really rough part of my life before I had met my now fiance, Neil. And I think that if I had met him, honestly, like a couple months sooner while I was working through a lot of my depression and working through self-love and I don't know that we would have been together today had I mm-hmm. met him just a little sooner. Mm-hmm. I needed to really be fully myself I think to be able to fully give myself to him mm-hmm. and I had gone through so much self-work, I have been able to be completely open and honest and vulnerable. And first date, mm-hmm. I just put everything out on the table and said, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. If you're interested, mm-hmm. let's go on second date. If you're not, then it was great chatting with you. Awesome. It happened that things worked out.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And I have to say like, so Lily Grace, I think what's interesting about this particular convergence of the three of us is, What Kat just said was she showed up as like with all the things and laid things on the table, her first date with Mm -hmm. Neil. I did the exact same thing with Brian. Like you get to a point where when you've done the work, you can come from an authentic place. Like, here's who I am. This is where I stand. Like, take it or leave it. Not in a, like a,
0: you know, all (laughs) in your
4: face way, but like, it's so important to me to do the right thing by myself and the person I'm going to get into relationship with. I want you to know this truth Mm. so that you're clear and you don't feel like you've been deceived. I'm not deceiving myself. Like I'm being truthful with you. And there's something really interesting about showing up like that. Now, I don't know about you, Kat, with your conversation with Neil on that first date. Like I shared all the things, but it wasn't like I need somebody to rescue me. I need my, like, you know, my prince on a white horse. It was like, I want you to know the things that I've been through because I've survived them and I'm stronger and I, I, I'm going to take no shit, but I really want to explore this with you. You matter to me. It seems like there's something here, but if you don't, we both have the grace to bow out, Mm. you know, peacefully and honestly. And just say, not for me, or, wow, like, I think this is the most interesting thing. Let's continue to move forward and explore it. And mm-hmm. that has been a source of a lot of strength for Brian and I, and he he shares that in in his conversations with the guys that he interacts with too. He does a lot of coaching. It's such an interesting thing. So I would encourage you, Lily Grace, with the information that's coming at you from two of the women in your life. Like there's something to that. But Cat, let me know if you agree with this. I'm curious you have to have the right person to reveal that to Like I, I think I leaned into my instincts as well. Like I knew Mm. that there was something good about Brian, that it was okay to share the things because not everybody deserves to hear all the things. And if you both showed up for a date, obviously you're invested in that, but you know, it's, it's something that I think Brene Brown has said, like, not everybody has earned the right to hear your story and your the things, but when you find a person and you're getting the signals like, it's time to reveal this, then you reveal it and you show up honestly and truthfully. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Neil and
3: I had been texting for about a week before we went on our first date, and mm-hmm. we started to open up to each other and really be authentic with each other through those conversations. And mm-hmm. something we both agreed on that kind of like hooked us early on, just when we were texting, is that we texted in full sentences with punctuation. And <laughs> you know, it's just it made it feel so much deeper and totally. so much less level. And I feel like we got to know each other so much through all of that texting before we had our first mm-hmm. date. That during our first day, I was ready to to open up to him and say, I've been been dealing with, with depression and anxiety. And it's something that I've become a lot stronger from, but it's something that I'm still working working with, working toward. It's something that I'm going to be battling for the rest of my life. And I want to know that whoever my potential partner is, is not only accepting of that, but is willing to grow with me and help and support me. And I know that I have to get that strength myself and I need to facilitate my own change. But can you be a potential person to stand next to me Mm -hmm. while I go through this process? Yeah. Even at one point, I thought that I had to do it all on my own. A few years into my relationship with Neil, I tried to break up with him because I was really struggling I thought that I had to do this work on my own and be single and be by myself and really focus 100% just on my self-work but Neil said no I'm here I'm committed to you I'm ready to be Mm -hmm. beside you through this journey I want to be here to help and support you and he fought he fought hard Mm -hmm. and we never gave up and we became so much stronger from it
4: and he's been
3: by my side so many difficult things That it just reinforces time and time again that he is the right person for me, that he will stand beside me no matter what happens in life. Mm
0: -hmm. That's beautiful.
4: That is amazing. You guys
0: are such an amazing couple. Both both of you have amazing men in your lives. And thank you for sharing all of that. Like, I feel like this is why I just love bringing the people in my life together because I'm like, the conversations are endless, gorgeous, beautiful, vulnerable. And just to wrap it up, how are you going to create more love in your life on a daily basis, do you think?
3: I'm definitely going to continue to just give so much love to everyone around me. Every single day, every single second, because I really feel like positivity breeds positivity. Mm -hmm. And the more positivity you put out there, even toward a complete stranger or even towards someone who's being mean to you, I really feel that's going to be reflected back on me at some point in some way, whether karma is real or not. Mm -hmm. I feel like there is this balance. And if you put positivity out, you're going to get it back. And so I want to continue to put positivity not only out into the world, but reflect it back on myself so that I can really continue to build that up and put that out genuinely toward other people. Mm. And that's what I need to work on this year.
4: I love it. Thank you for sharing. That's amazing. I find that reminding myself of in the routine of how I open up my day so like in the morning I have my husband and we snuggle like we always mm-hmm. acknowledge each other um it's very rare that one of us gets out of bed before the other except me sometimes I get up and go when it's like five and I'm awake and I know my husband needs to sleep but we circle back and greet each other like that he's the best thing since sliced bread
0: mm-hmm. and I
4: love him so I make sure he knows that and the same thing like with my dogs like um I have a nine-year-old Belgian Malinois who I've had since he was a puppy as my personal protection dog. And I let him come into bed and snuggle with me every single morning. And we both need that. Like he comes right up to the side of the bed, like puts his nose up when he knows I'm awake. And that fills me between that and my husband. I feel love literally like in my solar plexus gut, (laughs) warm and fuzzy, simple, right? And then I check in with my daughters and I make sure that they feel seen and heard usually by text message. Cause you know, they're 16 <laughs> and they're usually at school. They go between houses, you know, between their dad and I's house. So when they're at school, like I just let them know how amazing they are. And no matter what happens in their day, I'm here. And I tell them, I love them to the moon and back. That's our saying. And the kids know that. Aww. And then I try and operate from um, Brene Brown's Wholehearted Parenting Manifesto because it also works with your close people and your friends and even your coworkers and the people that you're going to encounter. I practice love every day by letting my people around me, strangers and family and friends and even my dogs know like they're seen and heard and acknowledged. Even if it's for a moment, it doesn't have to be this like huge thing, right? little things in line with what Kat was saying is you're going to, when you put out that energy in an authentic way, yes. because it can be phony, but in an authentic way, like when you go to get your coffee in the morning and your barista or whoever's like, you know, hustling, like, wow, you are on the hustle. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for showing up to work today to make my latte. Cause you're changing the trajectory of my day. <laughs> and you can see people like, really? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I appreciate you. Yeah. or just saying, I appreciate you at the end of a call with a customer service rep, like mm. on a chat, something's broken, totally. like making it so that people feel seen, heard and appreciated every day does the trick for me, no matter who that. they are. And I continue to try and do that every day. I can't always do it every day. Cause let's face it. Like I'm human and I we don't, have that I don't always have <laughs> what it takes every day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for sharing your stories
0: and your tips and tricks and just everything. I, I always feel inspired being in your presence, whether it be online or in person. And I'm just so grateful for both of you. And I feel like for me, like creating love in my life is being grateful. I write down every day what I'm grateful mm-hmm. for. I write down an I will statement and an I am statement to find that self-love. And I feel like you're right, going to the gym is my kind of way to like find the love in the morning to then have a better day (laughs) throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, coming from a grateful place is where I'm at in my life. And I appreciate you. And I'm so grateful for Mm -hmm. both of you. So thank you for taking the time to share your stories with And that concludes our episode for today. I learned so much from all of my guests and I hope you did as well. I cannot believe we have hit triple digits when it comes to the episodes. It's crazy. I've been doing this for over two and a half years and I'm so excited to continue on this path. If you are interested, please go follow Kat Monahan at Peach and Plum Goods on Instagram, Hannah McMahon at Hannah Mac Studios for her photography, and Dawn at Tracer Strategic Marketing and Portrait Couture Studio on Instagram for more details about them and their businesses and how they spread the love each and every day. If you found this episode interesting, please share, like, and comment below, and I would love any feedback you have. Feel free to visit my Instagram at lilygrace__lifestyle and visit my website at www.lilygraceyork.com if you want more info. Thank you so much. I hope you felt the love today and can pass it along to someone else.